I'm Sarah Trott, and welcome to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. I'm a new mama, and this podcast is all about postpartum care for the first few months following birth, the time period also known as the Fourth Trimester. My postpartum doula, Esther Gallagher, is my co-host. She's a mother, grandmother, perinatal educator, birth and postpartum care provider. Fourth Trimester Care, our topic, is about the practical, emotional, and social support parents and baby require. And importantly, it helps set the tone for the continuing journey of parenting. Hi, welcome back to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. This is Sarah Trott, and I'm here today with Jenny Diaz-Axline, who is the co-founder of a parenting app called Parenthoods. I highly recommend installing it, certainly if you're in the Bay Area um, or one of the other cities where Parenthoods is offered, and Jenny can tell us which ones. Parenthoods is a community platform for local parents to meet up, share advice, and help each other conquer one of life's craziest rides, which is parenthood. And Parenthoods is a Y Combinator company. It's raised $1.32 million in seed funding, and it's one of San Francisco's hottest startups. In addition, Jenny has just had her second child, and she is currently in the fourth trimester, so I'm particularly appreciative of you joining us today, Jenny. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Where is Parenthoods available currently? Yeah, so right now Parenthoods is live in the Bay Area. We started in San Francisco, and we also recently just launched in Los Angeles. But you have the opportunity to launch Parenthoods in your own city. If you download it, we show you how to do that. And once we get 100 people joined in your city, we unlock it. And there's so many more features that you can access through that. So definitely recommend everyone checking it out. Absolutely. I love Parenthoods. And I've mentioned it in other podcasts before as being a fantastic resource. So I look forward to seeing it grow and grow and grow. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) So our first question for you is one that we like to ask all of our guests, which is what was your fourth trimester like? But you're, of course, experiencing that now. So what is your fourth trimester (laughs) like? Well, this time around, it's been a lot easier. I think going from one to two is easier going from zero to one. You know, our first time around, I didn't know what to expect. I was exhausted. And I didn't, I had wonderful resources, but, you know, I remember my mom and my mother-in-law there for the first week after my daughter was born and then they left and I bawled. I mean, I was like, seriously, you're going to leave me alone with a child? Am I even capable of doing this? It was just lots of trial and error, but it, it was very difficult to be on my own, especially with family, not in the city that I lived in. This time around, I feel like I've learned from trial and error the first time and and knew what I needed. So immediately I lined up my family to be here for four weeks. So for a full month after I gave birth to my second daughter, I accessed a whole bunch of resources just to have on hand in case I needed to call someone about postpartum depression or you know, my husband was lining up massages and and all these other goodies to just give me some me time because it's very overwhelming. It's, you know, and I'm focusing more on myself, but there's a whole fourth trimester of your child as well. 
But I think long story short, second time is better. And it was important for me to take care of me because I'm a better mom that way. Would you be willing to share some of the things that you felt were really beneficial for you in terms of you taking care of you? Yeah. So the first thing was getting help. We had family here, first my parents the first two weeks, and then Keith's mom the next two weeks taking care of us. So that was huge. And just letting myself relax and letting them take care of things like cooking dinner, um, doing light cleanup, picking up my first daughter from school. Then also saying it's okay to sleep. It's okay to sleep in. It was hard for me initially because I liked dropping my daughter off at school, but I needed to make sure that I was getting enough sleep so that when she got home from school, I was happy (laughs) and ready to play with her and ready to be that energetic mom that she deserves. So I think sleep, help, plenty of food, and then some nice perks too, which is like a massage here and there. Yeah, that sounds great. What have been your favorite foods? My mom makes this killer lentil soup (laughs) that I'm vegetarian. And I feel like after you give birth, you just want something super warm and comforting, but also with really good protein. And I think most moms, you know, drink a bone marrow soup or something. And and that's not an option for me. So this lentil soup is what I craved after my first pregnancy. And and second, and my mother-in-law was sweet enough to learn how to make it so she can make it for us when she took over after my parents left. Would you be willing to share that recipe with us on our site? Yes, happy to, happy to. Okay, great. We have a new section of lots and lots of good recipes, so I'd love to add that. So how is it that you came about creating a business while on maternity leave? Good question. So my wonderful friend, Siobhan Quinn, who I've known since we were freshmen at the University of Washington, came to visit me while I was on maternity leave. And she had just taken a sabbatical from Foursquare. And it was her goal to start a company. So she was testing out a few ideas. And while she came to visit me, I was telling her how crazy it was and how lucky I felt that she still came to visit, (laughs) despite not having kids herself at the time, and how hard it was to maintain my friendships with some of my older friends. And then in general, how hard it is to get out of the house with a newborn, especially when I didn't know what I was doing at the time. And she, you know, coming from the social background, she's like, I think we can solve this. I think this is, I think this is what we should be working on. And do you want to work on this with me? said, absolutely. And so we started Parenthoods. We um, built a prototype um, and we tested it out with a few of our friends, asked them what they thought. They all loved it, applied to YC, got in, and it just kind of took off from there. So um, we launched in, in San Francisco and it was great because at first my job was just to go to all these play dates with my daughter and then it got real. And then we had to put her in our Montessori and it became a full-time job. But it essentially started with me being very lonely, needing some friends and wanting to solve that need for other parents that I knew had that. Yeah. What was it like for you? Were you feeling isolated? Absolutely. I was, um, you know, I was so scared to leave the house because 
I was like, well, what if she cries? And I'm not a, I'm not an expert at breastfeeding in public yet. I still needed my breast friend to like hold her up. I was worried. I just didn't know what to do in these situations. What if she cries? What if she needs to be fed? And I was really scared to leave the house. Then when I finally got comfortable leaving the home and wanting to meet up with people, I tried reaching out to people on meetup.com, but it was such a strain to get in the car and pack up everything for 30 minutes of coffee and then go back home. And so what I really needed was someone close by, super close by, and I needed someone just to chat with. And meetup.com didn't really solve that need for me. It was great for meeting up, but unless you made good friends and shared your information with each other, there was no real good community section for that. So I live close to Target, and what I started to do was just walk the aisles of Target and just like look at mom's you know, grab my coffee. We never even bought anything. We would just go up and down the aisles to get some exercise and get out of the house and um, hopefully pick up a mom friend while I was out. Never did, but I did see other mom friends. It's kind of scary introducing yourself that way. And so when we decided to build parenthoods, we knew it had to be a community section. We knew community had to be first. And so there had to be this element of dipping your toe in the water to meet other people and to share your experiences and then build that trust. And then from there, you can, you know, create meetups and go to different events and meet other people in real life. And from there, we've, I'm very proud to say that a lot of our, we, our retention rates through the roof. And that's because people have found this community that they love and trust. And there's an element of testing the waters before, you know, fully committing to it and really seeing what kind of support you can get from other parents in the community and in your neighborhood. It feels so common as an experience for a new parent, especially a first time parent to be sort of disconnected, not only because it's so exhausting to be at home with a newborn and there's a lot of emotional stuff at play as well with feeling protective and not wanting to expose the baby outside. (laughs) I experienced that certainly. (laughs) But then to realize, hey, maybe I don't have their parent friends or maybe they, you know, maybe all the parents, they're the first parent in their friend circle. Right, right. And how to make those friends that are local and close because that can make the difference between going on a walk by yourself and going on a walk with someone else. Absolutely, absolutely. It. I mean, we didn't, we were the first out of our friend group to have a child in, in San Francisco. And, um, we were, I mean, I remember thinking how we just felt dumped. (laughs) You know, we felt like all of our friends dumped us and they, of course they didn't, they loved us, but there was just different priorities. You know, um, no one wants to have dinner at 5 PM (laughs) with a child. (laughs) And so you're definitely feeling isolated it's very tough and finding friends that kind of are on your same wavelength or, I mean, I think the best part about it was just finding people that you can text in the middle of the night or chat with in the middle of the night while you're nursing and you're all alone at 3 a.m. exhausted, but feeling like you're not alone through this community was something that was very important for us to create. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so then how would someone use Parenthoods to find that support network? How does it work? Well, first, I think the best, my the funnest place on Parenthoods is in the feed. Parents are super fun and funny and love sharing the the silly things that happen during the day. There's lots of honest talk, but finding the humor in it. So simply introducing yourself in the feed is number one. Getting to know the different parents that are regulars on Parenthoods is is fun. And most of those parents create regular meetups. That's the best part is when you start to feel comfortable, you can start creating your own meetups or join one that someone else has created. So we have things from regular walks in the park that you can join, weekly picnics in the park, babies and burritos. That's that's a regular one. Um, hops and pops where we actually encourage dads to be on parenthoods. It's not just a mommy site because as you know, dads are way more involved in raising children these days. I know my husband is. And so we have lots of stay-at-home dads too, but there's an event specifically for dads that where they bring their kids, give moms a break. So I think, you know, introducing yourself on the feed, getting to know people, joining those meetups and creating one yourself, probably the best way. Yeah. And what do you think about people who are living maybe outside of the Bay Area or Los Angeles? Are you aware of any good resources that you might recommend? Yeah. So, so there's a lot of other mommy groups. If you were to use Parenthoods, I would recommend inviting your friends to Parenthoods just because it's super easy to create meetups through through there. But other than that, so other resources you mean outside of Parenthoods? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Here are my favorite resources. <laughs> Let me tell you what mine are. To meet other people. Meetup.com is wonderful. I love meetup.com to go to different um, mommy events. Big Tent hosts a few mommy groups through other cities. And Urban Sitter is wonderful. Even though that's where you go to find a sitter, they have lots of great events or showcase events at other venues and whatnot. So if you sign up and if they're holding events somewhere, then you'll get an, an email about where to go. And you can find a great sitter that way. <laughs> yes. Very important. Date night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That should also be a priority in fourth trimester, even though it's so hard to get away, even if it's just for an hour or two. Yeah. Why is that so important? Well, I know with two kids, it's impossible to chat with my husband. Like I can't even, you know, whenever I start to hold a conversation with him or ask him how his day was, my oldest daughter's like, you know, wants to get in on the conversation and she needs just as much as attention as, you know, my husband does because... She's been at school all day, so she wants to be in the conversation as well. Unfortunately, they both go to bed at the same time. So I feel like the window to communicate or with my husband or just, you know, catch up on each other's days is very, very small. And so having that alone time where it's just you and him and no other distractions is so key. And if there's some wine involved, that's even better. (laughs) You know, I know for new parents, one of the challenges is finding people they trust to help look after their children. And I know you mentioned Urban Sitter, which is a fantastic resource. 
Um, but also if someone's looking for a daycare or a long-term nanny type situation or a nanny share, are there ways that they can use parenthoods to connect with those resources? Yes, we have a classified section. And what's great about this is the word of mouth factor. I think that's so important. We found our sitters through recommendations. So half of our sitters were found through Urban Sitter, and I found them via recommendations where they show other people you've known who who's worked with them. And then the other half I found because a neighbor, you know, said, I, I have used this person. They're great. And that's so important because you have that validation from your friend, which is so much easier to trust than, you know, anything else like a background check or whatever, because you know that they watch their child, they trust them, they have had a good experience. So I feel like word of mouth recommendations are huge with everything in parenting, actually, but especially for who you trust your child with. So we have a classified section where people can post, you know, their services. We have a childcare section where people can post their childcare services and look for nanny shares or their own nanny. So it's been a great resource to use the community to help, you know, find what you need in that area. Absolutely. It's so important to have the references and to be able to follow up with those people, as you say, and hear their firsthand experiences um, with their children, because otherwise there, I mean, it doesn't, (laughs) there aren't professional bodies that provide ratings for individual people. Right. (laughs) If only there were, I'd pay for that. (laughs) Me too. Free idea. (laughs) So let's talk about more about building a support network. Um, Because it seems like that was part of the impetus for you creating Parenthoods. And it does seem so, so important. Did you consider using a postpartum doula yourself? Yes. So I didn't even know they existed with my first birth. And then a friend of mine called me up and said that her friend um, uh, just finished postpartum doula school and needed to get some hours in and asked if I would work with her. And I was very happy to. So she started about a month in after having my first. and. It was amazing. I mean, it just took a load off. I couldn't believe I didn't know about this resource, one, because I felt like I studied everything about the birth. But then I realized no one gives you information about afterwards. And so she came to help, and it was such a huge, huge blessing. I mean, you know, when you think about it, all you, you're just home all day, right? And so everyone thinks that it should be completely easy to make do. But her help was instrumental in just letting me take a shower that day because I didn't know how to put my daughter down without crying. <laughs> or, get, she, you know, she wasn't a certified lactation consultant, but she was great at giving me tips on how to make it easier or how to breastfeed in public so I'm not giving everyone a show. Um, I mean, it's just little things. And then helping out with dinner, it was just so huge. And so I knew that with baby number two, that I was definitely going to have one. And, and even though I feel like they're more helpful in new moms, I just needed help period. And I knew I needed that for my own sanity. So I just, I'm glad I stumbled upon her help the first time around and I took advantage of it the second time around. 
Oh, great. So you're working with her again for the second baby? Well, sort of. We moved. So now I have a new one, but we, uh, we are using a diff- uh, we're using a postpartum doula the second time around for sure. And I've, I've referred our first one to everyone I know because she was so amazing and wonderful and gentle and was able to get my daughter to take a bottle. And then she stopped again after she left, <laughs> but she had the magic touch. <laughs> That's interesting to me that you say that you sort of stumbled upon this resource, that it was a contact who volunteered to sort of work with you. Other than that, had you heard of what, did you even know what postpartum doula was? No, I had no clue. In fact, I was confused when she first started because I thought she was also a birth doula. I didn't even know they were two different things because <laughs> I was like, oh, well, why don't I introduce you to these people? They're about to have a baby. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not a birth doula. I'm a postpartum doula. And so I learned, you know, what they were and, and what they focused on through her. So yeah, I had no clue it even existed. I wonder if there are many postpartum doulas on parenthoods. I know we have some. I know we do. And I know that few of them don't say that they're a postpartum doula because they're also a mom and want to take advantage of the community um, as themselves. And so don't want to jeopardize, you know, their business in any way. But they offer wonderful, wonderful feedback and advice to the other parents that are in the situation of having a million questions and needing help. And they also refer their friends to these people for business. Yeah. It just amazes me because I myself, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, had no idea what postpartum doula care was. I didn't know what a postpartum doula was. The only association I even had with the word postpartum was this notion of postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I say I'm talking with people about postpartum care, they think that I mean postpartum depression. And while postpartum depression is a very real topic and it's important, you know, some of the care that can be done in that fourth trimester can help identify those issues early and give people the support they need, or perhaps help avoid some of the pitfalls that can be associated with that emotional change because our bodies go through so much change. It's a very real thing. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, (laughs) So I'm encouraged to hear that there are people who are chipping into the conversations from that perspective and and helping shed light on the area. Absolutely. And you know, one thing that I didn't know existed, I didn't know sibling doulas existed. Have you heard of it? No, I have not. (laughs) And I would love to hear. So we did a home birth uh, with our first and second. And so when you have your second, when you're getting ready to have your second birth, you have a child that's most likely going to be home while you're giving birth. And um, so you need to prepare them for what they might see. And and, um, if you want them to be there, which a lot of people do, preparing them to be able to handle that situation. So inter-sibling doulas, and we found out about this through other friends who had a home birth and were considering one for their second birth. And so they essentially take care of your first child or your other children 
and walk them through what's going on and letting them know that mommy's okay and letting them be as involved as they want to be or should be without slowing down mom's labor or taking them out to play, whatever it is. And so we hired a sibling doula for our first daughter and it, she was amazing. She was awesome. And she was able to be both my birth doula and the sibling doula because I knew that I wanted my mom and husband to be my birth team since they were the first time around. But I knew there was a very large chance that my daughter might want her grandma to take care of her during the birth. And so I, I needed them to be able to have interchangeable roles. And so I hired the sibling doula, who's also a trained birth doula, and she helped out while Evie was at school. And then we pulled Evie out of school right before the birth to be a part of that. And she walked Evie through all of that and and helped her be involved in it. And it was super magical and wonderful. And I'm so glad we had that experience. And I'm so glad sibling doulas exist. And I wish I knew about them before, but glad I found out about them before our birth. That's blowing my mind. I did not know that existed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess it would only, I guess it's, it's uncommon because, you know, not very many people have home births, right? And kids aren't allowed in the hospital. So they're not needed for most, yeah. most births. And do sibling doulas continue to provide any services during the few months after the newborn has arrived? So... In our case, she continued on like a birth doula would. So she came and took care of me afterwards. And there was one time where Evie was home, happened to be home that day, and they got to hang out. And Evie was so excited. When she came, she was like, did you bring the birth tub? Because <laughs> she thought the birth tub came with the doula. And <laughs> with the birth tub, in her mind comes a baby. So she thought we were going to get another baby. Um, no birth tub. <laughs> but, yeah. So she provided the extra care um, that a birth doula would. So she helped me, you know, talk about some tough transitions that I wasn't expecting with my second birth and just kind of mourning this different relationship with my first daughter where, you know, she was fine, but I was having a hard time feeling like I wasn't giving her everything that I, that I used to be able to. It was, our relationship was different and, and I, that was very hard for me to, to deal with. So lots of tears around that. <laughs> but you're definitely saying goodbye to this one relationship that you had with your oldest and ushering a new one. And that transition is very, was very hard for me. I'm even tearing up right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a huge change. Yes. And there's a lot there's a lot for your first baby to go through too. Your first child who's experiencing all of these new wonderful things is going through a lot from going from an only child to being the oldest child. Right. Right. She has been doing wonderful and we're a month in and she's still doing great. But man, it really hit me hard. <laughs> it was harder on me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think we're going to be learning a lot more over the next few months of how this is going to go, but there's definitely this morning of this relationship that you used to have. And she helped talk me through that. And it was just, 
it was just nice talking to someone about it and, and having someone listen and say they understood and saying it's all normal and we're going to be building our new normal. Um, so that was a wonderful little parting gift she left. Absolutely. That's such an important aspect of care, having an emotional support person available to talk through these things and then help you cope. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you don't realize, you know, you can be so prepared and you don't realize what it is that's going to really affect you, you know, and it can be little things, but that was the one that, you know, I had trouble dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Well, and I hope <laughs> anyone who wants to have more than one will be ready for it, this new transition. Because I feel like I wasn't, I wish I was a little more prepared for it, but still happy that I had support when I did, you know, cross that bridge. What are some of the things that you think could help prepare someone for that change? Well, so in our case, we could have prepared a little bit more by realizing everything that would have changed once the baby was here and starting that transition early on. So a few of the things that I gave up were dropping her off at school and our morning routine and preparing prior to the birth probably would have been helpful. So it wasn't such a big shock. And again, it wasn't a shock to her, but it was to me. We also co-slept and I thought we were going to all be able to stay in the same room when the new baby came. Wishful thinking, but that baby kept everyone awake. Um, and so my husband and daughter moved out and she finally got her own room and she was super excited about it. But that is what really killed me because I realized how much bonding we did at that time. And so, you know, those cuddles, I miss those cuddles in the morning and at night. But I think that if we were to have transitioned prior to the birth, that would have been easier on me. Again, she's been fine, <laughs> but that would have been easier on me. So yeah, I think making, preparing for those transitions, those bigger transitions prior would have been helpful because it wouldn't have seemed like such a shock after the birth when all those hormones are flying everywhere. Yeah. Some of the practical things, things related to schedule and where everybody sleeps. Right. Yeah. Any resources, anything that you've read or anything else that you think would be useful? I feel like for me, I'm a talker and I need to talk it out and I need to just have someone listen. So in this case, my postpartum doula has been great. My midwives have been great. My midwives have been wonderful. They're the ones that I feel really understand it and know it. And, and you're so intimate with them already that it's been wonderful. They also gave me a list of resources to call if I ever need anything. But I think overall, it's talking it out. And this can be with someone in person or online. So I've also made really good friends on parenthoods that, you know, if, if I'm don't want to be as open on the feed. I just direct message a friend and ask her how she went through X, Y, and Z and get a, an amazing response. And that's almost easier than going out to a, to a meetup because I just can't get out of the house. I mean, everything seems like so 
hard when you have an infant. You know, takes like 30 minutes just to pack up everything. So just finding those connections online are so huge. Well, as a final question, I thought I would tap into your amazing experience base that you have now uh, with activities that are designed for families with babies and little kids. Since now that you've created most of these events and attended tons and tons of events, what are some of your favorite activities with babies and kids? Yes. So our favorite activities so far, we've been to a ton, um, but our favorite activities, you know, other than the ones that parenthoods throws are indoor play spaces. Those are amazing. And there's some in every city and some that even have like wine and beer for the parents. That's awesome. Have little happy hour sessions, play sessions, and that makes it easier to meet other parents. So those are some of my favorites. You There's these indoor play spaces. They have a snack area and your kid goes wild and you can meet other parents. And normally there's a section for pre-walkers. So babies crawling around. Those are huge. My other favorite thing to do is to go to restaurants that have kid play areas. There's very few of those in San Francisco, but in other cities, there's a ton more. And in San Francisco, while there's few, there's a number of restaurants and fun places that people can recommend that are kid-friendly that, you know, aren't advertised as kid-friendly. I love that because it makes you feel like you're still able to get out. You're kind of an adult. And, um, but it's okay that you have a kid, you know, in this play area, but you're able to get out and be an adult for an hour or so. And then my other favorite thing, my final favorite thing is to go to fun kids concerts. And I never thought I'd say that being someone that was really into the music scene (laughs) prior to kids, I didn't think like children's bands would be a fun thing, but my daughter loves them and will just go up and dance for forever. And they're usually at your local restaurants and museums. And, uh, and they're just a fun way to, again, meet other parents as well, because other parents are more open to saying hi at those places. And so essentially my favorite spots are areas where the kids could have fun you feel like an adult and you're getting out of the house and you're meeting other parents at the same time. So those are my three favorites. I love it. Thank you so much. You've shared a ton of insights with us and you've opened up about your experiences and I can't thank you enough. Thank you for having me on. Subscribe to this podcast in order to hear more from us. Thank you for listening, everyone, and I hope you'll join us next time on the fourth trimester. The theme music on this podcast was created by Sean Trott. Hear more at soundcloud.com slash Sean Trott. Special thanks to my true loves, my husband Ben, daughter Penelope, and baby girl Evelyn. Don't forget to share the fourth trimester podcast with any new and expecting parents. I'm Sarah Trott. Goodbye for now. Hello again, bicycle man. I know you're doing all that you can I wrote the song, simple and true I wrote the song, I'll sing a song for you You got your wheels, you got your gears 
You ride around town without any fear You got your pedals, you got your brakes You always wear your helmet for safety's sake Song, I sing a song for you. 